What's up, monkeys? Old Uncle Silverback here with you on the Arm Day Podcast. Today is Sunday. It is the 11th of November, 2012. Before we jump in with the show, let's go ahead and get some of our contact stuff out of the way. You can contact me several different ways. I have the voicemail, which is 206-745-APE1-206-745-2731. Or you can go to the website, which is thearmedape.com. And over on the right-hand side of the page is a Send Voicemail tab. And if you click on that, it'll let you record up to a 10-minute message using your computer's microphone. You can also record your own MP3 or WAV file. Uh, Or if you don't want to do an audio file, you can always feel free to... Uh, send me an email and I'll read it out for you at the show and the address where you would send either your uh, your audio file or your regular old email would be thearmedape at gmail.com all one word thearmedape at gmail.com speaking of email I did get an email from Jim in California and he writes hey Tony good to hear a new podcast regarding not supporting Romney are you kidding me why, to hear Glenn Beck tell it, Romney is the second coming of George Washington. But hey, Beck believes the Union won the Civil War because of prayer and fasting. Silly me, I thought it was primarily industrial base, manpower, and targeting civilians. I used to be somewhat of a Beck fan, but he really has drank the status Kool-Aid, in my opinion. Speaking of Romney, I listened to part of the second debate. Man, he really struggled with the banning the AK-47 automatic assault weapons question. It sounded to me like his heart wasn't in it. And then he, go, he further writes, a Quick review, the MIC holster, which stands for Minimally Invasive Concealment Holster. It is a Kydex trigger cover with a paracord string that loops attaches to the belt. You then carry the gun Mexican style in the appendix position. When you draw the gun, the string tension pulls the cover off the trigger guard. I've used it a couple of times with my Glock 22. I like it. It's the most comfortable and concealable way I've found to carry a full-size Glock. I worried about the gun slipping loose, but I have found with a good quality belt it stays put. I have not modified. What would I change? I might try the clip draw, which is a metal clip that attaches to the side of the gun. The clip is then attached to the belt, but like I said, with a good belt the gun stays very secure. I have read several negative reviews from the gun snob internet commandos who have not even tried it, but for carrying a full-size Glock, it's hard to beat for comfort. And that again was from Jim in California. And he also puts a uh, couple of links uh, to the clip draw and also uh, to the uh, MIC holster, which I'll put in the show notes, which will be for show number 61. So anyway, um, a couple of things. We'll we'll do the Romney thing. Obviously, uh, this being well past the election, we all know that Romney did not win and that if we looked at just the electoral stuff, electoral college votes, he didn't come anywhere close. But the thing to keep in mind um, is it wasn't really as much of a landslide as, as as, as as it's being presented to us. And what I kind of wished had happened is I wished what had happened uh, back during the uh, Gore-Bush election 
was that it, that it was reversed. I wish that Romney had won the actual popular vote, but had lost on the electoral vote, uh, just because it would have been nice to, uh, for all the, uh, you know, all the people that like to crow about uh, that Gore won the popular vote and the election was stolen. And there's other, other things with that too, but it would have just been nice to see how the press would have handled it because they're, they were such in the bag for uh, Obama. Uh, and of course, if you guys listen to my other podcast, Firearms Cafe, you know I don't, I no longer have any loyalty to the uh, to the Republican Party. Uh, I never really had any to the Democratic Party, uh, and I am libertarian in nature, but I, I don't really like the ideas of party. Uh, it, it seems that no matter how well intentioned a party is, that eventually when it gets into power, it becomes corrupted. So that if there were, uh, let's say if the Libertarian Party had sizable influence and was able actually to get into office, eventually I think they're, they're going to be corrupted. And it brings, you know, in, in mind, uh, I was listening to a long time ago an interview uh, that Billy Corrigan did, and this was on the Alex Jones show. And re- regardless of what you think of somebody like an Alex Jones, uh, and I, I tend to take a lot of what he says, in fact, the majority of what he says with a grain of salt, but occasionally, you know, he does have, he, he does make some valid points and uh, brings up some valid things. But anyway, what uh, Corrigan was talking about was that he was saying, well, I don't necessarily believe that there's, it's a big New World Order thing and that there's, you know, a couple hundred people that are pulling the strings or, or whatever. But he was saying that if you look back in history, that once you get into power and, once, and as that power becomes greater and greater and eventually goes to being absolute, is that system that springs up around that power is a system to keep the people in power, in power. Uh, that's not a very eloquent way of speaking, but you know what I mean. And what he, and I tend to agree with him. I, I don't know that there's, you know, this uh, cabal that's out there plotting, but I do think that the actual system of power and the seeking of power tends to corrupt people. And that it doesn't matter whether it's our current government or a government... Uh, in Roman times or in England times when you had kings and queens or you had emperors or even, uh, you know, a lot of times we look at Rome because they had a senate and all this other stuff before that that went down the drain. Uh, but anyway, we've got who we've got for another four years. Uh, if you look at the actual numbers of who, who turned out, it was lower than back in 08. So I think that people are... Uh, really losing faith in the system in general, just as a whole. And I think that I kind of took that away from it more so because even if you look at the the amount of votes that Gary Johnson got, I think he only got about a million votes, uh, maybe a little bit more. And I, I could be wrong on the numbers on that. Um, you know what? In fact, I'm going to pause and I'm going to look, see if I can find it, and I'll come back and I'll I'll give you guys the actual numbers. 
All right, so I looked around a little bit. Probably the, the one that's going to be the easiest for you guys if you wanted to actually go and look at, and I'll put again a link to this in the show notes, which will be show number 61 over at thearmedape.com, is the Google election results, and you can sort of see everything, and I've cross-checked them with other things, and the numbers are all adding up to be the same. But anyway, basically what you see is there was Obama had about... Oh, 51% of the popular vote, and Romney had 48%. And for the people out there who say, oh, the libertarians and the other people, they cost him the election, and let's, let's not even talk, let's just talk about popular vote. If you added up the total of all the other votes that were cast for a presidential candidate and gave them all to Romney, every single one of them you gave them to Romney, he still would have lost on the popular vote. Um, and when you go and start looking at, you know, the states that have the big, the um, the big numbers like Texas, you know, thirty-eight. California has, or not Texas, yeah, Texas has thirty-eight, I believe. California has fifty-five. Um, you know, New York twenty-nine. Illinois has twenty. So where there's big battlegrounds and eventually even uh, Florida I guess went over to to uh, Obama but that was he uh, in Florida he had 50% of the vote and Romney had 49 uh and even if you added up again the votes that would have gone to Johnson if you said oh against the libertarians that are that ruined it for him even if you gave Romney all of Johnson's votes Obama still would have beat him so, it, kind of in my opinion, I think what happens if you look at what they say, they, and again, you know, who knows if you can trust these numbers, but if, if we're going by the numbers that we've got, they basically said that 57% of people who, are, who were eligible to vote actually bothered to vote. Uh, so you're getting 43% of the people who, who could vote are just saying, you know, the hell with it. It's not going to make any difference. They just don't care. And I think that's one of the reasons why we sort of get what we get. And that also is one of the reasons why Romney lost. If you look at the 08 numbers, he actually got less votes than McCain. Um, and, and, you know, we could talk about a lot of other things. You know, you can talk about the fact that basically people aren't going to vote against Santa Claus. Um if you live in a kind of a, a, a state where the government gives you a lot, you're not going to vote to have that stuff done away with. And so I, I you know, I also, well, anyway, let's kind of switch tacks here a little bit. And we'll talk a, a little bit about uh, kind of my guy who didn't win, which was Gary Johnson. Now, out of all the other... Uh, I guess you would call them third party. Uh, that would be uh, um, considered who who were running. He got he got clearly the most votes. Um, the the one that came closest to him, he had something like uh, according to again Google numbers here, he had one million one hundred and ninety one thousand four hundred and twenty. The closest to him was Jill Stein. I believe she's with the Green Party. Uh, and uh, she got 
515 votes. So, uh, you know, he, in effect, basically tripled what, what she got. Uh, but even with the, with the votes, the amount of votes that Gary Johnson got, he had done a thing where he was trying to get into the, um, to get 5%. And if he could have gotten 5% of the popular vote, and this is my understanding of it, if he got 5% of that, he would have then been considered what they call a minor party. Uh, and this this affects how funding works. So if you're a major party, which in our country right now is you have the Democrats and the Republicans, and then you have what's considered minor parties, which as far as I know, there are none. Um, to be considered a minor party, you have to get you have to fall in between five and twenty four percent. And so to also to be a major party, you have to get more than twenty twenty five percent or above. Um, to be considered a major party, and then that affects the amount of funding that you get and the amount of money that you get. It would also affect the uh, um, the ability of the two major parties right now to exclude anybody else. So anyway, what Johnson was hoping to get was to break that into that 5% threshold and be able to be a what would be considered a minor party, which at that point he would get, of course, automatic ballot access, but also you would get a lot of money that would come in from the government. And so it would kind of even, uh, tax money and stuff would kind of even the playing field a little bit. Uh, but mainly it would you wouldn't be able to exclude him from the debates or whatever party, if that was the Green Party uh, or you know the Socialist Party, whatever party it is. Unfortunately, if you look at the percentage that he got, he ended up getting 1%, uh, roughly. A um, little bit more than 1% of the vote. Which, obviously, was way short of the 5% needed to get a lot of the funding. Um, so I don't know, at, at the next election, if he... I think he does have plans to run again on, on the uh, Libertarian as a Libertarian candidate... We'll have to see kind of what shape the country is in. I don't. I cannot foresee that the country is going to be in better shape than it is now. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show. Like, what are some of the things I think that you should be doing, uh, and what are some of the things that maybe you should be worried about? Uh, so anyway, let's go ahead and we'll uh, jump back into Jim's email here and talk a little bit about those, what you would call maybe a minimal holster. I've never been a big fan of those, um, especially of the clip, uh, just the clip thing. And, the, and here's the reason why. Uh, with the clip thing, and I have friends that have had them, and I've you know, taken their gun and stuck it in my belt. I, I didn't wear it, you know, of course, all day or anything like that, so I can't really attest to it. But what I didn't like about the clip thing is, of course, it does not cover up the, the trigger at all. So in I know no matter how unlikely it would be, it could be possible that if you're tucking that in and it catches on some cloth uh, or some cloth, your, the, the material of your shirt gets kind of inside that trigger guard uh, and gets maybe wrapped around or trapped by the trig into the trigger, as you're either pulling it out or pushing it in, uh, it could, no matter how unlikely, cause a discharge, which is something you don't want. 
the the MIC holster, the MIC holster, that the Kydex one, that what it does when you look at it, it actually clips on and at least on the Glock, it covers the trigger guard, so that when you have it in your waistband, there's no way for the trigger uh, to be pulled or pressed back or anything like that. So out of the two, if I had to carry one, I would probably choose that. Um, I have toyed with making my own. Um, and speaking of that, uh, making my own holsters and stuff, I had mentioned that on the last couple of podcasts that I have done, both on this one and on the uh, Firearms Cafe, that I'm going to put my hat into the uh, holster making uh, arena, I guess. Right now, though, I am pretty uh, far behind on that. And uh, I'm not kind of where I want to be. I just haven't been able to devote a lot of time to that. It's something I still plan on doing. Um, I don't know if I'll have any any stuff ready by maybe Christmas time. Uh, I've still got to work out a lot of things developmentally. Um, what I want to do is basically have, I've got ideas for kind of, uh, I would say at least, oh, two type of platforms to do it. One of them will be, uh, I guess maybe three, because I wanted to do try and, uh, and I've actually got probably four. There's a couple other things that I that I've got kind of in the works that I'm that I'm looking at, uh, and one of them is something that I haven't seen anybody do at all. But anyway, uh, I'll talk more about that once I have those available and once I have the website up and going, uh, where I'm going to have a store through it. Now I don't know if what I'm going to do is have a completely separate website for what I want to do. Uh, once I once I have the name and everything, and I've already got the domain name, name registered that I'm going to have for the holster company once I get all that other stuff going. But um, I don't know. I, what I'll probably end up doing is having on Armed Ape and on Firearms Cafe websites, I'll have links that when you click on the store will just redirect you to the, to the holster website. Uh, but like I said, I've got some developmental stuff that I need to do. And one of the things that I want to do is have a basically um, one line that will be pure Kydex. So they'll be all 100% Kydex. Another line is going to be the hybrid stuff, which will be leather and um, Kydex combined. Uh, so, and, you know, I've, I've talked before. I think I may have talked on this last show or, or the, I can't remember which podcast I talked about. But holster, the holster design, there's really only so many ways you can design a holster and still have it function properly and be a safe piece of equipment. Uh, so there's not too many ways to sort of skin this cat. So that's why when you look out and you go to different websites, a lot of the things sort of look the same. Uh, there may be a little bit of variation, but in order for it to function and be a holster, there's only so many ways that you can do it. So to say, oh, you know, so-and-so is copying this person or this person's ripping off that one, it's really not the case when you look at it. You wouldn't say that, you know, if somebody uh, is coming out with a new line of T-shirts, you wouldn't say, well, gee, that guy ripped off the, the T-shirt because the actual T-shirt, not the design that's on it, but the actual T-shirt still looks like a T-shirt. You know, it's got sleeves and, a, and, a, and basically, you know, a tube with sleeves and a head hole. And, and that's kind of how it is with holsters. Uh, even if you, if you go and you look at all the major holster manufacturers, if you look at their leather stuff, they're all basically about the same. If you look at, 
the, the, the hybrid holsters. They're all basically about the same. If you look at the Kydex ones, they're all, you know, with some very, very minimal variations. They're all basically about the, about the same. And again, it goes to, after I've made a bunch now, it goes to, they're going to have to, you have to have a certain uh, functionality to it. And that in some ways dictates what the form or what it's going to look like. So uh, anyway, I'll have more information on that as, as, uh, as time goes by. But uh, let's see, what were we talking about? Oh, uh, so anyway, uh, let's go ahead and talk about maybe a lot of the hysteria that started. Uh, if you look on, at ammunition uh, and probably some gun sales, the prices are going to go up. The availability is going to go down. So basically, it's, it's uh, basic economics. Supply goes up, or not supply, excuse me, supply goes down, demand goes up. So prices go up because it's a it's a rare resource or it's a rare commodity and it's what you want. So hopefully you guys had kind of heeded my warning before when I had told you uh, or had suggested that if there was any particular firearms that you wanted or there was any uh, amount of ammunition that you wanted to get or reloading stuff, things like that, that you go ahead and get them. As the election got closer... I kind of thought, well, gee, it, it, it was it was going to be pretty close. And really, if you look at the actual numbers, not the Electoral College numbers, but the actual popular vote numbers, Obama got 50.6%, Romney got 47.9%. Uh, you know, so really, I mean, they were separated. You know, you, you could probably say by about two percentage points. Um and that you know, and that would be maybe to, to tie it up, and so to have a you know a victory, you know he would have had to got more. Probably if you look at the numbers in 08, what McCain got, uh, if he had just pulled that, he would have gotten. He probably would have won. It would have been very very close, and there'd probably been some challenges and everything. But he probably would have at least won the popular vote. I guess I should say. I don't know if he still would have won the. Uh, uh, on the electoral system. Uh, but anyway, talking about what are some of the things that, uh, besides, you know, guns and ammo, that you would want to look towards, uh, and that would be towards stocking up. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is going to depend on where you live, uh, the type of weather that you get. You know, do you get seasons where I live down in Arizona? You know, we it's pretty much the same. We have real, we have extreme heat, but then during the winter months for us, if it gets down into the 30s, that's you know about as low as it's going to go for us most of the time. Uh, so we don't really have that extreme cold. Uh, but I would say that now would be a really good time, uh, regardless of where you live, to stock up on food to. If you live in an area like I do where there's not a lot of uh, water available, so, uh, you know, let's say if you lived in Oklahoma or, uh, you know, parts of uh, Idaho or Ohio or things like that or, uh, you know, where the water table is a lot higher and it rains a lot more, 
water isn't going to be a big concern. Uh, or if you live somewhere where you could sink a well, maybe go ahead and do something like that. Uh, if I, I would suggest that you try and get something that would help you with some energy. So whether that would be solar panels or whether it would be a combination of solar and wind or, or buying a generator for if, if uh, power goes out. Out here, again, where I live, solar makes a lot of sense because the sun shines basically 360 days out of the year. And even when it rains out here, it's rare that it rains all day. It'll happen in kind of our monsoon season and stuff. But for the most part, you get sunshine all the time. And even when it's overcast, you'd still be generating power, just not as much. Uh, we're thinking about, um, at least I'm thinking about doing some solar stuff. I got a buddy of mine who has a friend of his that used to have a solar company. Um, and so I'm going to try and get an interview with him for the show and see if I can't get him on and, uh, and have him actually give us some of the, the real deal about solar, what you need. My idea is to, instead of trying to put you know 20 panels or 30 panels up on my roof all at once, would be to uh, kind of do it piecemeal. So meaning I would get the, um, I don't even know the names of all this stuff. I haven't really done my research on it as far as the, the actual equipment I would need. But, you know, getting a charger to charge a, to have and have some batteries to, to be able to run stuff at night if you needed to. To get the converters and, you know, all the other kind of stuff that you're going to need. And to get that stuff hooked up with the, and buying the stuff so that you could say, okay, in the future... I'm going to try and have, you know, 15 or 20 panels, but right now I'm only going to have maybe three or four and see if I could tie that into maybe a dedicated outlet that during the day, at least I could run a few items off those outlets, uh, you know, that type of stuff. And maybe it would help push back the amount of power that we do consume during the day. Now, I think if Obama gets his way, what he wants to do is he had plans to cut or to shut down a lot of the coal-fired plants. And whether you like coal, hate coal, think it's the, the good thing, bad thing, that doesn't matter. If he shuts down a lot of those coal plants, where's the power going to come from? And again, what we're going to look at is we're going to look at supply and demand. So if a lot of those coal-fired power plants get shut down, what happens? Well, supply goes down. Demand remains the same. So in effect, demand goes up uh, because the supply is going down. So there's going to be more demand, even though it's, this, it's the same type of thing. What I think, I don't know if he'll actually shut them down or if what he'll do is he'll tax the crap out of them or he'll penalize them. Which, in effect, means that price is going to go up because all corporations, whether they're power or whether they're some Wall Street thing or whatever, or whether it's GM or Toyota, if you if you tax them a lot, what they do is they pass on that increase to you. If you you know if you they have things called charters and all this other stuff. So, but anyway, um, so I I don't again if he sort of gets his way. I don't see 
the price that we pay for basically electricity, I don't see that as coming down. I also see probably gasoline and stuff is probably going to, I don't think it's really going to come down much. I think it's going to kind of go up. Uh, I think our debt is going to keep going through the roof. Uh, We're so far in debt that uh, a lot of people, if you listen to guys like Ron Paul, if you listen to guys like Peter Schiff, Lou Rockwell, a bunch of these other economists, they're saying that we're that it may be too late to pull it back because we don't have the political will to cut entitlements and to cut military and to cut corporate welfare. And when I when I talk about entitlements, I also am, I'm talking about the people that get stuff, but also the corporations that get stuff. So. A lot of times people talk about and they say, well, you know, capitalism isn't working here and the free market isn't working. Well, we don't have a free market system. The reality is we have something that's much more like a fascist system because you have the big banks and the big corporations that through lobbyists control Congress. And so that's basically what fascism is when government and corporations conspire. And if you you really kind of follow the money and look at what's going on, that's what we have. Why else would you have a guy who, like Obama, why would he appoint the former, uh, the Monsanto guy, I can't remember his name, but the guy who, uh, the Monsanto guy is now the head of the of the uh, FDA. Um, so, you know, uh, but look for a lot more stuff like the, like what happened with the NDAA, look a lot more stuff um a lot more drones to be flying over us here in the United States. Look for uh, big reductions in civil liberties. Look for a lot of uh, protests that are going to maybe start to happen. Look for those to be really repressed brutally. Look for a lot more legislation coming to uh on the on the heels a lot of these protests and a lot of them that are going to get put down these are all kind of my predictions whether they'll come true or not i think they will uh if you look at what's how our rights have been curtailed and really kind of hamstrung over the last four years i don't see that getting any better i don't see uh, you know it used to be you would say that the democratic party would in the past Air on the side of civil liberties. Well, they're they're not really doing that anymore. If you, you know, I, I don't see how anybody who looks at what Obama has done can say that he is concerned with anybody's civil liberties. I I, I just don't see it. Anyway, I'm kind of uh, babbling on here about politics and this and that. But just for you guys out there who did maybe vote libertarian or who voted for one of the other parties. Uh, the main reason Romney didn't win is because he couldn't get enough of his Republican base out there to vote for him. And I think the reason why wasn't is because he was so much like Obama. When you look at what he was doing, he wasn't really offering anything much different. Uh, you know, he so on foreign policy, on economic policy. A lot of the things, and you know, he he really was kind of seen as a as a wishy washy kind of flip flopper guy. So anyway, you know what, guys, I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, call the show to a close. 
If you have a difference of opinion on the political stuff or if you have any ideas about, uh, you know, what are some things that you could kind of stock up on, things like that, or what would be a good idea for people to start or or doing. And again, I, I don't know if I kind of finished up with my thoughts, but basically if you've got nothing, what I would suggest you do uh, instead of scrambling for a gun and ammo, uh, and if you've got like zero preps at all, I would suggest that you stock up on some water. Maybe buy a couple of the 55-gallon uh, drums, either the kind that have the bungs or the kind that you can open the top. Get a couple of those. Store up some water for your family. Uh, buy maybe 100 pounds of beans. Buy 100 pounds of rice buy um, uh, just some some basic things like that. Buy some dehydrated uh, or freeze-dried chicken and some meats, some beef, uh, things like that, and and spend some money on some of that stuff so that at least you have something. And give yourself a good 30-day supply. And remember, a 30-day supply is each person in your family gets to eat three meals a day. And you're also going to want to have enough supplemental things uh, like either uh, flour or wheat, the, the actual hard berries, to, and where you could grind them up. Um, but have enough to where you could make your own bread, learn how to do that, learn also how to be able to make even something that sounds stupid, something like cookies and cakes, knowing how to make those um, are going are gonna to be basically comfort foods that you could have so that if you were forced to eat just beans and rice and all the time and maybe with supplementing that occasionally with chicken here and there. Um, If you have some cookies and some cake, especially if you've got kids, but even for the adults, it's nice to have something that's a comfort and it kind of, uh, and again, this, this is kind of would be going off the deep end. But I mean, if you look at, if you look at what happened with hurricane Sandy and you, and you go on YouTube and, and, and start, uh, searching for people who are talking about their experience there. And they're talking about, uh, there's this one guy, and I can't remember, if I if I remember to do it, I'll uh, I'm gonna write it down here. Um, I'll put a link to that. And uh, I'm just writing this stuff down. Sorry about this, guys. So I remember to put it on the show notes. But if you look at some of the people that they're talking about, what they're saying is that, you know, of course, they're not, nobody's been able to get any fuel. Things were lasting a lot longer. You know, you see things where, where because of the unions, they had a lot of electrical workers that were coming in to try and help to help restore power. They were turned away because they weren't union. You have uh, Bloomberg basically wanting to, it has got such a grip and has such a nanny state there. Uh, there was an article about a guy who was trying to bring in food to the homeless shelters. And what he was doing is he was going around to local restaurants and getting their stuff that they were maybe going to get rid of or that would be like maybe day old. And he was going to he had been doing this for years, bringing this to the shelter so that people could have extra food, you know, like things like bagels and just simple things like that. Well, they put the kibosh on that because they said that they can't they don't know what the nutritional content of the stuff is so basically because the the state can't control that you can't even give charity wise so you know a, a lot of times the people who 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 say well the government needs to do this entitlement because people 
won't do it, otherwise people will fall through the cracks. Well, that is kind of bullshit because what you see is that when people do start to do that and try to help people, the government steps in and squashes it. But again, go and look at some of these videos on YouTube. There's a guy who, uh, and I'll, I'll hopefully I'll try and link I'll link uh, uh, to his video, but he's talking about what he sees. Nobody was helping anybody. Everybody was sort of out for themselves. Nobody had stuff uh, uh, that in stores. You know, people were were pushing and shoving and all this other stuff. And then he, what he one thing he made there was a a, a interesting thing he was talking about when people were buying milk that a lot of them weren't buying the gallon containers they were buying the half gallon and little quart things probably because that would be what they would use what they could use and it wouldn't go bad um so anyway i guess now i will kind of draw close to the show but uh Give me your thoughts on hurricane sandy give me your thoughts on uh, on some of that stuff you know it it doesn't it's not necessarily going to be a governmental collapse or a societal collapse that may get your area. It may be a weather collapse, and that's what I kind of, or a weather disaster, not collapse, uh, but a, a disaster, a natural disaster that may knock stuff out. And where I live down here, if the, if we had a huge power outage during the summer, a lot of people would die because it gets so hot. Um. And we've had things where we've had heat waves here where there was still power and people died. Uh, this Just this last summer, we had a record high length of temperature. And by that, I mean there was it was a record of days in a row where it was over 100, where it was in the triple digits. So, and, and usually what that meant, it was like 110, 115, right around in there. And that is very, very hot. Um, people say it's a dry heat, but it, it just bakes you. And if you can't escape that heat, and especially if you're elderly you, and your power goes out, and we also had rolling, there were things where people would be without power for two or three days. Well, if you're out without power, you know, and 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 uh, you're an older person or a younger or a real younger, and you just can't, you know, you you can't last through the heat. Things aren't going to go good for you. Uh, so again, we don't get like the ice storms and stuff down here, but we, you know, we do have our own, our own set of challenges. Also, if the power went out here, eventually the water is not going to run. Uh, so that, again, out here, it's very important that you have water stored up. Uh, I've got enough stored up for my immediate family, for the people that basically live in this house, that we could go w- well over a month. Um, but again, water is big and it's bulky and it's hard to store. But I, like I talked about before, I've got a couple of those 55-gallon drums. I'd like to actually get another one. Um, and I've also got the water, the hot water tank, the cooler, which holds another about 50 gallons or so. So anyway, um, give me your guys' thoughts on this stuff. Like I said, I will finally this time call it to a close. And I will talk to you next time, my monkeys. Take care.
This guy's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about it. Houdini! 